Hello, welcome to Daniel Leon's Sports Cade. I've decided to do a belated today in history, and I'm going to talk about the shows from November 3rd that I found on the WWE Network. The first show is World Class Championship Wrestling from 1984 on November the 3rd. The missing link beat George Weingroff by pinfall after hit after he jumped off of the top rope and he hit a headbutt in a standing position. Normally when you do a headbutt it's like a swan dive where you just fly off of the top rope. So that's why I say in a standing position. And I'm saying that for people that may be listening to this who may not know wrestling or may not watch it. So so for benefit of people that don't know it, that don't know things like that, I'm going to explain those things. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long this is going to take to talk about this whole show. So so far, this is the only show I have down. So I'm just going to see as time goes on how much time I have. Okay, a minute 34 seconds, so let me just get into it. Second match was a tag team by the name of the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and his tag team partner. I don't know his, his tag team partner's name, but his tag team partner tagged him in, and when he did body slam, I think it was Bobby Fulton who hit a top rope splash for the win against Kelly Kaniski and El Diablo. El Diablo was the one who got pinned and body slapped. Kelly Kaniski, I believe, is the father of Gene Kaniski, or the brother, and Gene was, Gene went from using the family name to being a master wrestler, so that's why the Kaniski name is so popular because there are two Kaniskis. And the next match, um, after they showed them being at, I believe it was a some type of fair, so I have to go back to what happened after the end of the second match for me to make sure. And world class, I'm saying this just to give a little um to give a little explanation of what made this uh, so big. In the state of Texas, world class for people that may only watch the WWE and don't know and have only been watching it for about say 
10, 15 years and then, or longer, and they may have not watched wrestling in the 70s or 80s or may not be old enough to have known about those shows. But Roll Class was a territory, which is what they used to use for in the business to go from place to place to learn your craft. And it was set in Texas, and the most the number one city they went to was Dallas, Texas. And the promoter was Fred Von Erich, and uh, just about every kid he had tried to be in the business or was in the business at one time. So after this match, they had two of his three sons defending the six-man world tag team titles. So let me find what they were doing. First they said, first they had announced that they were actually going to have a mixed tag team match. Mike and Stella against Gina, Gino and Nicola. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Gino... Gino Hernandez and his female tag team partner. Oh, that's what it is. They they showed a couple of a few guys from the from the Texas area going to a state fair, and that was interesting to see. One of the guys, and it was also a cotton ball too. One of the guys in the territory, I think, also would go to Mid South, and I forgot his name, but he's very recognizable and they showed him playing some games and he actually won a, set, a stuffed animal and they also showed him uh, playing pool and everything and then they went back then they went to the main event which had Jake the Snake Roberts um, Gino Hernandez and Gentleman Chris Adams going against uh, Carrie Von Erich and his brother Mike and substituting for their brother Kevin was one half of the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton. For the six-man world tag team titles, Hernandez hit, no, it was Chris Adams. Super kicked Carrie as Carrie Von Eric was trying to hit a vertical suplex on Jake the Snake Roberts. And when he landed, after a minute or two, Roberts got the had covered him to win the titles. And this all was to help set up um, help set up gentleman Chris Adams feud with Ric Flair because he wanted to win the NWA heavyweight title. And being that they were not just excellent wrestlers, but they were very good being villains, so that so he was so he was talking like it was no big deal how he won as long as he got the job done. And uh, in their corner was Chris Adams manager always forget his name. Gary Hart, I believe it's his name.
Yeah, Gary Hart definitely is his name. And with Jake Roberts was his female manager. Um, call I think they called her the Lady Giant, Andrea. And so all three of these men, after they won the titles, these two managers were gonna be were gonna <clears throat> be in charge. At least Gary Hart was of their traveling and their bookings. I don't know about Andrea because things are so different back then. I don't know how the women handled things as a manager. I don't know if it was on screen or not. But those were the two managers of this six-man team. And it's very exciting to watch these matches. You know... Weeva, you know it's you know it is fun to watch WWE Raw and SmackDown and NXT, and it's fun to watch uh, Impact. But what they lack is the uh, the formula that they used in the old days that really helped you um, not just like it, not just be excited, but um, they lack storytelling the way it should be. Sometimes they keep stories too long. Sometimes they keep it too short. But in the ring, they don't do the right storytelling. A lot of times, um, and I told my mom this, that when Roman Reigns went against John Cena, John Cena was telling him how... Well, first he said that Roman Reigns is nothing but a bootleg of him. Then later on he said that he could see in Roman Reigns' eyes and in his attitude that he didn't have it in him to be him. And I just had this to say as a fan and knowing what I do know about what helps them work as wrestlers, which is psychology, which is actually what Jake the Snake was a master of, and that it's not just selling and executing, but it's also knowing how, knowing the time to do everything and doing, and doing it on time. And that is what I could see is the, the only thing that John Cena does lack is psychology, and that was actually what... Um, Jimmy Superfly Snuka said in his book, I read his book from beginning to end, and he said that what he know he knew because he was taught psychology himself before he even stepped in the ring. So he knows or knew that John Cena needed psychology, and that's what I think everybody needs. Reigns, it's like it's it's like it's naturally it's like they naturally know psychology. Not just that they're taught it. It's like because they they were taught psychology by Dusty Rhodes and everything. But it's like you can see as green as he is, he can naturally do things that most people who have been in the business for years can't catch on to. So that's why I really believe with all my heart that the business is liking psychology because there are a lot of people 
good. They can talk. They can uh, tell a story with their words and their character development. But in the ring, which is what I believe is the most important part of the business, even today, in the ring, there are a lot of people that miss what it truly takes to make it. And that's psychology, and it's knowing when and where to do everything. And that's why somebody like a Hulk Hogan could make it as long as he did, not just because he knew the business, but it's because he knew enough psychology from the people he was around that he could do the few little moves he did well and make an impact because he knew psychology so it's it's all got to do with who you're what you are what you're being taught and what you learn and who's teaching you and who's running the business hey i have 17 minutes under 17 minutes left so i'm gonna look at what the next uh show i can talk about is oh great Primetime Wrestling in 1986. <clears throat> Primetime Wrestling was a, uh, they not only did, uh, had matches and everything, but they would, they, most of these matches were pre-taped, if not all of them, so you would show a lot of scenes with, most of the time, Bobby Heenan and, uh, and Gorilla Monsoon. And these were great. Uh, the introduction was great. They had all these um, clips of matches, and just really, just really interesting to see. Hmm. So uh, their advertisement for the night was Winchester. And this week, on the episode, it was Gorilla and the, the brain Bobby Heenan. Gorilla was wearing a cap, a WWF cap, and uh, that was really great. What I want to talk about is the matches they had. Brutus the Barber Beefcake was going against Special Delivery Jones. <clears throat> Beefcake one with a high knee like Harley Race used to use. The next match was Steve Gatorwall versus Greg Lammer Valentine.
for vertical suplex I cover. That's what Harley, that's what Greg Valentine, excuse me, won with. Moondog Rex against Dynamite Kid. This is the next match. <clears throat> I my kid one with a crucifix cover. It's where you wrap your legs around one arm, you grab the other arm, and you go down into a pinfall. The final match of the night was one half of the fabulous Rougeau brothers, Raymond, or Raymond, against Brett the Hitman Hart. This was early on in Bret Hart's career where he might have been teaming up with his brother-in-law, Jim the Anvil. And Bret Hart won with a roll-up, and he pulled the tights. So Bret Hart was a villain at this time. And uh, this had to be when he start. they started Hart Foundation because that's the only time when they actually had confidence in him being a villain. Let me look at what what else is left. And In the okay, the next two shows that I see doing this chronologically would be in nineteen ninety seven and this is in the middle of the Monday Night War. So I would have to do a two part to this episode because I'd have to look at both episodes. And then make my decision on what I think about them. And so I'll end this right now and I'll do the second part after I look at both shows. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Goodbye.